You can't handle the truth. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself. <laughs> You're gonna need a bigger boat. Get away from her, you bitch! The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. To infinity and beyond! Hello and welcome to the Samuel Emanuel Movie Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sam Reimer. And I'm Manny Manuel. But I didn't say an episode number. What the heck is that about? That was fucking weird. That was weird and unnatural and took, I will say, a shocking amount of brain power to not fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Why Uh, is there no uh, number episode this time, Sam? Well, Manny, I'm so glad that you asked. What a segue. (laughs) Uh, We're trying something a little bit new. Yeah. Uh, So... We've been kind of toying with this for a little while, yeah. and I don't know if you've noticed this, Manny, or if uh, you, dear listener, have noticed, um, our episodes can be kind of long. Yeah. They can have a bit of a runtime on them, as I'm sure this one probably does also, but hopefully uh, it's a little bit less. I think the idea here is just to break it down to a little bit more consumable bite-sized pieces. Yeah. Uh, So we're not making any major rash changes. There's still going to be the same amount of content coming out each week. Yep. Uh, it's simply going to be that we're going to have one episode that's talking about the movie that we watched that week, the main sort of bulky film review. Our main review, yeah. Yeah, and then we're going to have another episode that talks about the other random crap and bullshit that we talk about. Yeah. That uh, we've yet to really put a full title on, but it'll include the, what we've been watching and in memoriam section and any other film news that we want to cover that week, thanking our previous guests, et cetera, et cetera. So mm-hmm. we're kind of just going to be dividing it into two different parts. Um, it's going to be the same amount of stuff. Yeah. So just in bite-sized pieces. Yeah. And I think that I think that's going to be better and we can sort of yeah. release it more throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Um I agree. So I'm I'm hoping that everyone uh I think she's going to make listens. it less daunting. I know? think so. Yeah. I think so. And any feedback would be greatly appreciated from everybody. Yeah, we still really are workshopping the titling of everything. Yeah, we, uh, we... what each part is going to be called um and also how the episode numbers are going to work. Yeah. Well, I don't didn't really say an episode number at the top here. I don't think we're going to include these in the serialized numbers that we've been doing. I think um, this is going to be our what we've been watching and other random bullcrap episode. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, we're going to follow that up with our regular movie review. So episode 275 uh, is still yet to come. Yep. And that's going to be Boogie Nights next episode. Yeah, I think I have a good idea on what days I'm going to be releasing each. This this will always come first. Yes, I think that makes sense. This will always this this episode will now always be the Monday episode. Uh, Monday episode. See, <laughs> <Si>, senor. <Yeah. laughs> the episode. <laughs> this will continue. We'll continue to release every Monday as I have, which will be this episode, and I think the review will come out maybe on the Thursday. Yeah, that makes sense to me. That also does make sense because films tend to premiere on on Thursdays. Well, I mean, they premiere on Friday and then you get the preview on Thursday. But let's be honest, they fucking they premiere on the Friday or on yeah. the Thursday. So that makes sense if we do it that way. Yeah. All right. I like that a lot. Okay. Well, we just solidified it on air. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. We don't need your opinions anymore. Yep. No, I'm just still, but what still we do, what we do need we do need help with naming these episodes. Mm-hmm. What should we call it? We threw out a couple of really bad idea names mm-hmm. 
so we're looking for your help. What did I say? I can't remember what I said. Cinema something. No, I can't remember. That was uh, so bad we fucking forgot it. If there's one thing I know about the internet, it's that asking it to name things for you can go really well. Just ask Bodie McBoatface. (laughs) That's why we're not asking the internet. We're asking the PFGs. Yeah. Reviewy McReviewy face. <laughs> yeah, that's we're not we're not, <laughs> not vote we're not allowing them to vote for. Oh yeah, this is for it. this is not a democracy. No, it it is. You can suggest things. It is and an if oligarchy. We, yes, and if we enjoy that name, a la the Samsads, mm-hmm. then we were. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. Yes, we are open to incorporating it into our lexicon. Yeah, much like um, I'll give you another great example. Uh, the masses were were begging. For a review of Halloween Town 2. We did not give it to them. We did not give a shit. Nope. We didn't want to watch it. That will... That will... It's ineligible because we don't want to do it. Nope. Not happening. That will never happen. Yeah. I'm surprised we... I'm surprised that we caved on Halloween Town 1. I was just kind of tired of it. Yeah. I was tired of it coming up every year. And so I I just said to Sam, like, if we do this, it will not happen again. It'll never stop coming. But then Halloween Town 2, Manny... And then Halloween Town High. No, 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 no. I don't know if you noticed. There was no nomination of Halloween Town 2. That's true. This year. I, I honestly did not notice. Yep. I sure did. <laughs> I sure did. And I know that by saying something, that it will get nominated next year. Yeah. And I know who's going to do it. Whatever. It's fucking November. People have short memories. Especially the person I'm thinking of. Do I know the person? Yeah. Mushy. Is it mushy? Yeah. yeah. Tough. Anyways. So, yes, this is a, a, a new format we're using going forward. We're going to experiment with it. We're, we're going to see how we like it. We're going to see how the listeners like it. So please let us know, yay or nay, if you want us to lump everything into one episode, go back to the way things were. Please let us know. If you like us uh, portioning this off into bite-sized episodes, we would love to hear that as well. So let's, uh, let's move forward. Every episode, I always tell people you can email us at sammannymoviepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we got an email. Wow, somebody actually took us up on that. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, I uh, I read it moments before we went on air, and I had a reaction to it. So I wanted to read this email live on air for Sam to react to it. Let's hear it. All right. The email title grab my attention as the title of the email is quick question oh leads me to believe hey somebody has a quick question for us that's how you should that's how you should do your subject lines for emails mm-hmm. it's concise yeah. you know exactly what it's about i'm impressed so far yeah so this is from francis his email and i'm giving it out on air his email is francis at captionsclips.com oh yeah hey samuel and manual movie podcast team Aw. I love what you guys are doing in the space. Great start, right? Yeah. Oh, love it. Your in-depth analysis and thoughtful discussions on all things related to the world of powerlifting makes your <laughs> podcast a must-litness, a must-listen for fitness enthusiasts. In the space. We're working on an AI platform. That repurposes content from your podcast episodes into engaging audiogram clips. Perfect for YouTube shorts, Instagram, TikTok, etc. I think this would work well with your content. 
With AI doing the heavy lifting, we can keep our team small and can pass on those savings to you. So unlike agencies and services that charge a premium for this, we're priced under 50 cents a click. <laughs> I'd love to fill you in on our process and give you a first-hand look at how it works. I took the liberty of creating some clips from your latest episode for you to check out. Is it okay if I send them over? Best, Francis. Thanks, Frankie. Uh, appreciate that. Um, it's just nice, Manny, that after s years of slaving away at this show, that our contributions to the world of powerlifting have finally been recognized. Yes, it's, I agree. It's relieving to know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Coming up on six years of powerlifting uh, technical discussion. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm so happy that Francis found our podcast. <laughs> What makes this especially funny as far as the timing for me is that you know this because you're looking right at me in person right now. I'm currently injured. Uh, my back is hurt pretty badly. Yes, it um, is. I have trouble lifting I, this can of Coke beside me I right now. I just gave him drugs. Yeah. <laughs> I just took some drugs because my back was hurt. Um, it was from lifting things. Fair. Um, just not – there was no power in it. <laughs> I've not been known <laughs> Hence to the lift injury. things powerfully. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, that was – uh, Manny, I won't lie to you. That was a bit of a letdown. That was a bit of that was a bit disappointing. <laughs> I I think it was awesome. <laughs> I will. I was really excited. Those first like the quick question, the referencing us, mm -hmm. and the first like two sentences. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. You also did a very good job of pitching it. You did a good job of. Uh, I feel like if I saw that email raw, I probably would I would have had some suspicion. I'd go, oh, this is kind of weird. But your excitement and your enthusiasm about it. Yeah. Um, made me very excited and Good. that just contributed to me um to the greater amount of disappointment that uh, i had i got a, I a lot of enjoyment of reading if, that to you if there's a lesson to be learned here it's just don't let yourself be excited about anything and you'll <laughs> you'll never be disappointed totally fair yeah all right but we do have our weekly spotify question of the week and once again we got one answer uh, this week's it, question. Was it from Francis? <laughs> that would be fucking phenomenal. Yeah. What is your favorite uh, powerlifting technique? Pumping iron. I couldn't even... It's clean and jerk. It's clean <laughs> and jerk. Is that one? I, th I think that's one. I think you're right. Yeah. I think that's the only one I know. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Deadlift? Is that... Uh, powerlifting people are yelling right now. They're yelling all their favorite <laughs> techniques well, right now. A lot of them are yelling because we have done such a great job of covering yeah. the powerlifting. All of the powerlifting people in the space. Yes. Which, according to Francis, we do occupy. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, sorry. The Spotify question. All right. Uh, the Spotify question of the week is, what is your favorite first contact film? Now, a PFG gave us their answer. A lovely lovely young man by the name of Wes Meineker. What did he say? Did he say Arrival? He did. Yeah, okay. He did. I bet that would be Jordan's answer as well. Probably. Jordan yeah. didn't answer this week. Wow. Yeah, drop the ball. <laughs> drop the ball. Maybe yeah. she didn't listen because she hasn't seen Contact? It's possible. No, I think she would have watched it. I mean, like, not previously, but I don't know. Has, doesn't she listen to each one? Does she listen to each one even if she hasn't seen it? Does she listen up to the spoilers? Maybe. It's, it's possible. Ooh, maybe. Maybe she'll like this new format. Very true. Yeah. Okay. Um, so to just add a little wrinkle and a little fun, I'm always going to try and guess Sam's answer for this. And then he can tell me if I'm right. We're going to go on the honor system. Mm -hmm. So my guess for Sam's uh, favorite first contact film is Arrival. Okay. 
Yeah, I had one in mind before you said that. Um, I actually have four written down, but, okay. I, had, but I had one winner kind of in okay, mind. Okay, you have to have one winner. Yeah, I do have one winner in mind. So I'm okay. um, going to go in order of the ones that they are not. So okay. <laughs> my favorite my favorite First Contact movie is not E.T., even though uh, I have seen it. It's very good. Okay. It's also not uh, the 2005 War of the Worlds. 2005? Okay. 2005, I think. You've seen that one? I the have. Tom Cruise one? I have. Okay. That scene in the basement is incredible. It's yes. Like one of the best dialogueless scenes i've ever seen yeah it's fantastic shocker spielberg okay yeah it's great um also the lighting in that movie the again the spielberg uh wall of white is is crucial in that so it's not et it's not war of the worlds it's also not arrival fuck <laughs> it's not uh it was between that one and the uh, and the real winner which was uh district nine. Oh, not really first contact they they They've been there for a while. But we do see them arrive. Fair. Isn't it? If if we're being a little strict with the definition, a little more strict with the definition, Arrival definitely is, I mean, it's literally called Arrival. It's about the arrival of them. Um, District 9, I, it's still, vi- I don't know. It, it's, it's up for debate whether it's uh, really a first contact movie. We do see them arrive and it is about us trying to parse our relationship with... Because these beings, they've been we, there for a considerable amount of time when the movie, the the course of the movie takes place. Yeah, that's fair. I guess. I suppose. I'm I, I'm I, I want it to stand though. I want it to stand. Let's let's. Let me put it this way. Okay. I like District Nine better than I like Arrival. That's you, <laughs> that's as simple as I can as simple as I can put it. Wow. But, uh, and that's largely. Due to uh, District 9 just being older. I watched District 9 in 2009, and I've watched it relatively frequently since. It's a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah. We'll eventually get to cover it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. About, looking forward to that. About 2030. Watched that. That was, a, that was a Christmas Day watch with my family. Nice. Yeah. I have a couple of movies. like that. We used to always uh, watch a movie on Christmas Day. So there's a couple, couple weird ones in there that you wouldn't really expect. I, um, I saw there was a question online on one of these movie pages that I follow that was like, what's a movie you associate with Christmas that has nothing to do with Christmas? And District 9 is my answer. I, I just, I watched it one Christmas with my family. So I've always associated it with Christmas. Catch me if you can. Oh, yeah. Because I watched it on Christmas Day yeah. in the theater. Not to not to rehash the whole what is a Christmas movie debate, but there is a, there is a couple prominent Christmas scenes in that movie. There's mm-hmm. like three of them. Yeah. But the majority of the film isn't set at Christmas, nor is Christmas a major part of the Okay, the I will itself. reiterate, not to rehash the whole is it a Christmas movie I can't discussion. help it. <laughs> I can't, can't help it. I'm, all I'm saying is that it's not shocking to me that that movie would be associated with Christmas to you. But I it's only, it. I it's it. only associated with Christmas because I saw it on Christmas Day in theaters. Not, one of those for me is uh, American Hustle. I saw American Hustle in theater with my family on yeah. Christmas. Okay. My favorite first contact film is? Arrival. E.T. Fuck. Yeah. Spielberg, of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess uh, Spielberg has two entries in that list because E.T. and War of the Worlds. Mm-hmm. Oh, and three because uh, Close Encounters. Mm-hmm. Close Encounters. Which I'm very end. excited to rewatch. I've never seen it. I can't wait to rewatch it. Never seen it. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, all right. We do have an in memoriam section this week. Uh, we lost a character actor who I have really enjoyed over the years. Uh, his name is Joss Ackland. And he. Passed away this past week, and so I'm going to list off the films of his uh, that I enjoy. Uh, did I go? No, I, I went by performances. Did I go by performances? Let's just say I did. 
Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I went by performances. Keeping in spirit of our In Memoriam Emporium, I'm rating the performances, not the films. Touché. Okay. Coming at number four, he played, shockingly, uh, the villain in all of these movies. He played the villain uh, Denomalos in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Okay. He, he was the, uh, the villain uh, in it. He is very good. He has a couple very amusing moments, but he uses his voice and his large stature as a larger man. He's tall and thick uh, to good effect in this movie. Uh, my number three choice uh, is Andre Lysenko in The Hunt for Red October, the only film of his that I know that you've seen. Yeah, I've been scrolling through his filmography, and I haven't seen him in a lot else. Honestly, I can't even remember his role in that movie. Yeah, he was he, – he's the guy that keeps meeting with that senator saying, we've lost our sub. Oh, okay, got it, got it. That's got it. who he is. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a enjoyable performance uh, in a really good movie. You gave that movie a four, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's also he's in the Mighty Ducks movies, but I don't even know if I've seen the. I don't even know which of the Mighty Ducks movies I've seen all the way through. See, I've only seen the first one. Yeah, and I think he's listed in that movie, but yeah. I don't remember him. Yeah, he's credited as Hans. Don't okay. know who that is. Got to be a coach of one of the other teams, then. I guess. Maybe I have no idea. He's credited in. Uh, Mighty Ducks 1 and D3. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, my number two uh, Joss Acklin performance, uh, he plays Bonderchuk in the HBO film Citizen X. Um, I've talked about Citizen X a few times. It is the retelling of Russia's most notorious serial killer. Right. You have talk talked about this. Yeah. Uh, Andre Chikatilo uh, is the killer's name in the movie is about how the Russian government would not admit that they had a serial killer, which made the detective in charge of trying to capture this man, it made his job next to impossible. And uh, Joss Ackland plays Bondarchuk, the Communist Party liaison who is solely responsible for hindering the investigation because he refuses to admit that there is a serial killer in Russia because that is a predominantly Western phenomenon. And it's, yeah, it's because of Bondarchuk's ineptitude and inability to be compassionate and admit that there is a problem in the USSR that led to, I would say, probably at least minimum a dozen more deaths than needed to occur. Yeah, you've told me about that, and it honestly sounds really interesting. It is really interesting. Uh, it's a movie I think that you'd enjoy. It's, I've really started to notice that I am a uh, a big fan of procedural dramas. I'm very interested in the process of how you catch somebody. Hence, why I like uh, Zero Dark Thirty. It's, it's that's a, a two and a half hour, two hour, forty five minute procedural about how they caught Osama bin Laden, which have been recently over the last few years has been revealed that that is not how they caught him <laughs> oh really yeah i haven't followed any of that yeah don't care still doesn't matter still a great movie yeah. still a great narrative yep uh and my number one uh joss ackland performance this has got to be everybody's number one if anybody knows who joss ackland is it is I, i'm gonna probably mispronounce his last name but it's arjun rude or arjun rudd uh he is the villain in lethal weapon 2 the most 
probably one of the most quoted lines in Lethal Weapon. Um, the the Lethal Weapon series is diplomatic immunity. He says that a couple times in his. I'm not sure where Joss Ackland is from, but in this movie he plays a a very racist South African. Uh, he is very English. He's English? He's very English. Okay. Yeah. He has a very thick accent that is not English. Hmm. It's definitely like Eastern European, yeah. hence uh, why he played a lot of Russians or a South African. He has this really like very thick, heavy accent on him that allowed him to mostly, uh, you know, I've listed off my four favorite performances of his and they're all villains. So, um, yeah. He is absolutely a complete scumbag in Lethal Weapon 2, and you are very happy, obviously. Spoiler alert. When he gets his comeuppance. Nice. And I can't believe I'm letting my phone ring. I did not put it on silent. I actually forgot to, too. Isn't that so funny? Yeah. I usually – I always say that verbally when I do, and I haven't. I'm going to right now. Well, we always uh, – um, we, we did throw ourselves for a loop today by – yeah, messing up our our entire five year <laughs> routine. Yeah, just a minor little uh, minor little kink into things. Um, I am gonna at least add uh, Joss Ackland. Uh, like I said, very very English indeed. Was born in North Kensington, London. Uh, <laughs> is, that, is, that your, is that your British accent? That's part of it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then we uh, yeah, he went to the Center School of Speech and Drama, which is also I believe in London. Yeah, I was incorporated into the University of London, so there you go. Uh, yeah, so uh, spent it looks like a good portion of his life in uh, in England and certainly in London, and uh, it appears was also very known for um, acting in the British TV series Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Oh, great film! Yeah, never seen the movie, never seen the series, but apparently he was in the uh, in the original series. Oh, Tinker Tailor. He was Jerry Westerby. Okay, does that mean anything to you? Doesn't. Okay. Doesn't at all. Fair enough. All right. Uh, yeah, so Joss Ackland, thank you so much for everything you contributed. If I remember correctly, he's got like over 200 credits uh, in films and TV. You uh, you had a, a really great run, sir, and we, I, for one, truly appreciate uh, the things that you've added to four movies that I thoroughly enjoy. Uh, each one of them, yeah, all of them are fours for me. Hmm. Yeah. Um, also, last little thing, he was born on February 29th. Oh, so he uh, passed at age ninety-five, but really only was you know twenty-four well, yeah. and no. twenty, what well, twenty-three, twenty-three, 23 and three quarters. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Wow, didn't age well. Strapping young lad. He, he, he looked he, he looked pretty rough for a twenty-three-year-old. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get into what we've been watching. Sam, you've been a busy boy. I have. I uh, always have a good week when I'm able to watch uh, several movies. One of them, uh, Emma and I were looking for something to watch one night, and uh, oh, I just gotta, oh, I gotta pull up one more. Uh, huh. Perfect. Okay. Um, we were looking for something to watch one night. We had three or four different options, and we uh, we randomized to decide instead of just trying to actually talk it out. I think we've learned just just randomize it, save yourself the time. You can watch yourself a longer movie that way because the decision making process can be long. Anybody who is. Uh, <laughs> Anybody who's decided to watch uh, movies with their partner knows what I'm talking can, about. Can I offer a suggestion? Sure, you can. To maybe help. 
I know that you have a watch list set up on your Letterbox account mm-hmm. yeah. of movies. Do you know if if Emma does? I can't remember. She must. She must. Okay. If she doesn't, mm. might I suggest, or you can actually just use the list function, mm-hmm. that you guys both put movies on there that you both want to watch. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to watching something, you just use the random function on there. I think I've used... Uh... I've used a system like that. I should consult her watch list if she has one. I don't think she's as active on Letterboxd as I am. I do see her rate a movie every once in a while, and I'll be honest, Emma, it, it tickles me pink. <laughs> I, I'm such a fan when friends of mine are using Letterboxd on a regular basis, uh, which, by the way, my mom is, and it is a delight. Oh, that's awesome. It is a delight every time I see her log something. I can't remember if I told you, but I, I set up a Letterboxd account for Maya. Oh, yeah, you did. Have yeah. you been using it? Yep. I make Every time we watch a movie, I make her rate it, and then I'll, I input it for her. Now, I do – I had to go against my own wishes. She's allowed to rate out of 10, hmm. so she rates out of 10. Well, in order to get her to use the app, it seems like a reasonable compromise. Yep. But I think, you know – if I, I'm going to continue to use it for her, I'm going to continue to log every movie she watches with me, I, unless she talks to me about a movie she watches with her parents. So I'm only logging the ones she watches with me. And it's been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. She gave her first failing grade. <gasps> what was it? Uh, it's a movie I hadn't picked to talk about uh, in my five, so I'll, I'll quickly mention here. Sorry to derail you from Please, your list. go ahead. Uh, but it, I think it is <sighs> – Hold on. Let me get the official name because it uh, – I, I will just say that I oh, think – got it. I, oh, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say I think it shows growth uh, in somebody to begin to show – I begin to give failing grades. I remember a couple of the first bad movies that I saw in theaters. Like I – as much as it was unpleasant, a formative movie-going experience for me was going to see Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull with my dad. Oh. Uh, and it was formative because I remember leaving the theater – and both of us going like, man, that wasn't very good. And it was one of the first times I can remember thinking that. I mean, maybe not one of the first because I probably would have been already 11-ish by that time. But um, certainly, I remember the bad movies. And I, I don't know. Being able to parse out the good from the bad is part of what, part of what, uh, part of what art is all about. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the movie is Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I probably could have told you that would have been bad. It's the only time I've been watching a movie with her where she came very close to turning it off. Now, she, we have not finished The Goonies, but that's because she got scared. Yeah, this movie, she was just not enjoying to the point where she, she wanted to turn it off. I didn't convince her to keep watching, but I, I did. She, she's like, I'm not enjoying this. And I'm like, would you like me to turn it off? She's like, no, we can keep going. And then she, I would say she said it about three or four times throughout the course of the film. No, we can keep going. <laughs> no, she, she kept going. She's like, I'm not really liking this. And so I would ask every time, I'm like, do you want us to turn it off? And she's like, no, we can keep going. Mm-hmm. And so she, she, powered, she through the, powered through the whole thing. Chip off the old block. Yep. <laughs> Part of me was like, I don't want to offer because I, if she turns it off, I'm going to have to go back and finish it. <laughs> Just because you're a fucking completionist. Yes. Yeah. I don't. I don't turn movies off. I. They, Me I, I might get to the point where the movie's bad, so I will start picking up my phone, 
but I will I have not not finished a movie in over 20 years. Wow. Yeah. There was one movie that uh, that I didn't finish, but uh, there, there's been a couple movies I haven't finished throughout the years, but it's never been like purely a choice. It's been something interrupted me, and for one reason or another, I never went back to it. Mm-hmm. But it's never been like, I'm not having a good time. I don't want to finish this. Yeah. It's just something something came up. Mm-hmm. I've definitely like not finished movies I've already seen before. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I'll put on, I'm like, oh, like I think I'll watch Back to the Future, and then I'll get like three quarters of the way through, and then you know, laundry will come out. Yeah, or, for sure. Yeah, for but, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, back to you. Enough I, about me. What I was going to say, uh, the one that we wound up uh, landing on, yes. was one that we had both actually hoped to rewatch for a long time. So I think we made the wise decision. Ooh, a rewatch. And yeah. we watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. So I watched this twice in theaters, and I don't believe that I have seen it since. Interesting. So it's been about four years. I didn't have it. I don't think I had it logged on Letterboxd, or if I did, uh, it was. It was a long time ago. I should be able to find that relatively quickly. Quickly, uh, let me see. Yep. So I logged it in August of 2018. 2018? No, that can't be right. It's got to be 2019, right? 2019. Yeah. I logged it for some reason in 2018, but that's incorrect. So I'm just gonna change that real quickly. Logged it in August of 2019, and uh, not again since. So I don't know. Why I only have it the twice on here should be really three times, but regardless, uh, the plot, a faded television actor and his stunt double strive to achieve fame and success in the final years of Hollywood's golden age in 1969, Los Angeles. Uh, This is an interesting one for me. I don't consider this, I did not consider this before, nor do I consider it now to be like a Mount Rushmore Tarantino movie. Or at the very least, not like a top three Tarantino movie. I know a lot of people do consider it that way. Um, I stand by the fact that it's not top three Tarantino, but that's really just a testament to how good his other films are. Because um, I know definitely I don't put it above Inglorious Bastards or I Pulp know. Fiction. That's your one and two, right? Yeah, that's going to be one and two. And then it could, it could argue to squeeze in there, but I think... I like Django I too say, much. Django, Django is just too right. good. That's fair. Maybe I could have it at four. I'd have to re- I'd have to look at the entirety of the list. And I actually still haven't seen Death Proof, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I I think it's a I think it's a great movie. Um, you know, we're spoiled that with so many good Tarantino movies. This would be the best film in almost any other filmmaker's filmography. It, it's excellent. So the fact that it's only maybe fourth or fifth best in my opinion in his filmography is is stellar um i forgot how good the cast is the cast from top to bottom you got um obviously leonardo dicaprio and brad pitt brad pitting brad pitt winning his uh best supporting actor oscar for this one right yeah i'm sorry my my i saw the pause he won my contemplation did leo get nominated for this I don't remember, actually. He should have. You keep going. He definitely should have. This was a great Leonardo DiCaprio performance. And what Leo showed us with his performance in this movie is that he can be fucking funny. Even though I don't think this is the best Tarantino movie, I think a case can be made that it's the funniest. This is the closest thing to a true comedy that Tarantino has made. And it is is fucking hysterical throughout. Um, I will... One of the things that I got a little bit more this time around was... Um, last time we watched this film, when we did our episode on it, Manny, we had a little bit of a back and forth about uh, the inclusion of Sharon Tate yes. in the movie. Yes. And I was kind of wondering aloud at the time, you know, was it 
really necessary to make this a Sharon Tate story? What is the purpose of that? I think it felt a little more natural to me this time around. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily that I disliked it the first time around. I just... It, I was thinking about it. I was uh, I, I was unsure whether it was something that I really enjoyed. I think reframing this movie in my mind as a fairy tale, as many uh, common many critics and commenters have pointed out, that this is the closest thing to a fairy tale that Tarantino has. Mm -hmm. uh, reframing it in that lens uh, helped me conceptualize kind of why Sharon Tate is in this movie. I also think the looming threat of her death, including somebody so famous who died in such a, if you've never looked up the details on the Manson murders and what happened to Sharon Tate, she died a horrible, Don't. horrible death. It Don't is, look it up. Yeah. Um, but knowing that has a, a cloud over the comedy. It's a really funny, uplifting movie. And then all the, all the parts of Sharon Tate being happy and laughing and watching herself perform and being applauded and being celebrated and being radiant. Uh, Margot Robbie is great in a small role, by the way. Um, all of those scenes have a little bit of a cloud over them, especially on the first watch, because you're like, man, like I'm, I know what's going to happen to her at the end of all this. Um, and of course the, <laughs> the realization, the twist ending at the end, I, I won't get too, too much into it, but I mean, if you've seen the movie, you know, um, I think the relief that you experience is that catharsis is part of the reason why it has to be Sharon Tate specifically. Mm -hmm. It's part of the reason it has to be Sharon Tate. So um, I think I got that a little bit more this time around. Um, on the flip side, I feel like I didn't find it as funny <laughs> this time around. Uh, I think I had seen all the jokes before, so I was sort of waiting them. That can happen with comedies. That's not a fault of the movies. Yeah. Um, but I didn't laugh nearly as hard uh, this time around at, for instance, the Leonardo DiCaprio trailer scene. Uh, where he's inside of his trailer after having messed up a take. Which I think is... Uh, that might have been, like, your scene of the year. It might have been among them, yeah. I'm almost positive. Leo and the... Tra it, it made me cackle with laughter in the theater. Um, but the third time around, it didn't hit quite as hard. I still definitely laughed. Um, 2019. What else? Booksmart? Could Ling Ling the Panda have been uh, one of my scenes of the year? Or, no, Avengers of Captain... Uh, Cat Picks Up the Hammer. Cat Picks Up Mjolnir had to have been my scene of the year in 2019. Yeah, probably. I know that Leo in the trailer it had to have been is a, a, is a finalist. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And what a, what a great scene it was. But, uh, yeah, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it this time around, but definitely uh, definitely didn't laugh quite as hard. Um, it's still a bit of a strange movie for me because it does have this plotless nature to it. That doesn't make it bad. Uh, it's certainly an homage, uh, a tribute, an open letter, uh, a love letter to Hollywood, it's mm. been called uh, by many commenters other than myself. Um, Tarantino clearly loves L.A. He clearly has such a deep passion for L.A. and for film, and the detail that he pours in to this movie is is really top-notch, and, and I liked it a lot. Um, so, uh, just like on the first two watches, I gave Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a four. I don't think it's one that's going to grow too much more in estimation for me. I think my opinion is pretty well pretty well settled on this one right now. But a large cast with a lot of good laughs and super uh, super good filmmaking prowess uh, from Tarantino. Keep this locked in uh, pretty safely at a four for me right now, I think. Um, the scene that did make me laugh really hard, though, is uh, 
there's a moment where one of the characters speculates that Brad Pitt killed his wife. <laughs> and the cutaway gag that we get to him and his wife on a boat is still just as funny. Still just as funny. That made me laugh really hard. <laughs> what? Uh, do you still laugh at the line of, uh, at the end, no, it was something stupider? Or yes. The name? Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. And you were on a horsey. Yes. <laughs> that whole scene still fucking hysterical. Yes. I don't know... A, respect to rick dalton in the trailer um i don't know how that would have been a finalist for me like i'm sure that it was i'm sure that you're right about it but i don't know how in my head i would have had that above the finale scene i think it's because i was still kind of parsing through the the whole sharon tate of it all i think so and you know what now i think about i'm like i don't think i included the finale of this movie in my list i think i think the legacy of this movie i'm sorry to cut you off i think the legacy of this movie will be the finale how in comparison to other Tarantino films, this is not a violent film at all. There's there's barely any violence in this movie at all. There's barely anything. And then uh, you know, that's until that's until the last act when the final scene is super, super over the top violent and uh and very funny. <laughs> very, very funny. Alright, hold on, I'm just quickly Best scene, twenty nineteen. Yes, we both pick. Uh Cat picks up the hammer. Yeah. I don't have my finalist because I don't have my – I don't think I still have my notes of 2019. That's one of the best film years uh, in recent memory, 2019. Oh, so we had, we had running away. We had scenes to choose from from Endgame, from 1917, from Booksmart, from Jojo Rabbit, from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like fucking uh, Marriage Story. Yeah. 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 What a year. What a Last year. year was really good too. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Hmm. All right. I think this year is shaping up to be – okay it's okay it's okay it's okay it's not as bad as like i think 2018 was one of the weakest in recent memory it's not as bad as like 2018 but it's you know it's fine yeah i agree <laughs> anyway so that's once upon a time in hollywood give it a four nice that's what i gave it to I, I honestly thought i gave it a five but i looking at my letterbox it's a four off the top of your head uh after pulp fiction does this approach top three for tarantino no yeah i don't think so some people have said, um, and I mean, in Tarantino interviews, he's said, listen, I know it's the director's thing to like only like their most recent movies, but genuinely, I think that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood might be the best film I've ever created. And, you know, fair enough. Fair enough. But, okay, sure. Hmm. But he is also right that that is just the director's, that's a director thing. <laughs> you know, I think Pulp Fiction was pretty fucking good. I think I heard that David Fincher doesn't rewatch any of his movies after he's done with them. I don't know how you could not. I would be watching it all the time. Same. Especially if I'm David you should. You should make movies for yourself, I think. You should make f- movies that you would want to see. Yeah. So then if you do that, why would you deprive yourself of that experience? Yeah. Maybe know. maybe it's inherently unpleasant because it's impossible to make a perfect movie. So you're just going to only see the stuff that you don't like? I, that's what I've heard with almost every director is when they watch their own movies, they just cringe they're like i would change this i would change this i would change this yeah hmm. and like a perfectionist like fincher i bet you that just gnaws at him yeah releasing art into the world is a tough thing once the second the second it hits eyeballs other than your own it is no longer yours yep it's no longer yours george lucas <laughs> <laughs> continually changing shit okay that's right. once upon a time in hollywood uh we're gonna talk about which one are we gonna go to next i think we're gonna go to uh netflix movie okay love at first sight oh no 
Hadley and Oliver begin to fall for each other on their flight from New York to London. The probability of ever finding each other again seems impossible, but love and London may have a way of defying the odds. Um, I, I liked the premise. Okay. Like the premise of the movie. All right. Um, we have, uh, two people meeting and falling in love on a flight and, uh, seeing if they can reconvene after they go their separate ways. Um, they, this is maybe a mild spoiler because I mean, it happens like one third of the way through the movie, maybe halfway through. They, they depart, they, they land at the airport and go their separate ways, and they have neglected to get each other's phone numbers or contact info of any sort. Okay. So they have to they have to kind of find their way back to each other. Okay. And it's cute, you know? Um, right. it, it's a cute little movie, but I think it's it's really marred by the fact that I don't actually buy that these two like each other <laughs> at all. Uh, unfortunately. Ouch, really? Uh, Haley Lou Richardson is really good as Hadley Sullivan. Maybe really good as a stretch. She's cute. <laughs> she's cute. She's good. Uh, she's believable. Ben Hardy is Oliver Jones. This is not an act. This is not an actor. I have any experience with at all. He's just kind of insufferable. The writing of the character is really, um, I don't know. He's written to be a nerd. They say, Oh my God, he's such a math nerd. Ha <laughs> How can this math nerd who only believes in probabilities and this woman who, uh, you know, believes in, chance and fate how can these two possibly meet up on a plane um and fall in love with each other in a short period of time so they write him to be like a like a math nerd first of all i don't believe you <laughs> i don't believe you that this guy's a math nerd that he asks her what's your favorite number and she says you know like two or something and she's like what's your favorite number and he says mine's i which is the square root of negative one which is so condescending like Fuck you. There's no, it no isn't. Way. It's not your favorite number. There's no way. <laughs> so the movie is just littered with stuff like that where you're just like, I'm, this is not I'm how you angry right yeah. now. It's like, not only is this not how human beings talk to each other, it's not how human beings talk to each other who want to fuck. Like if this guy's trying to get laid and they're falling in love and he wants to be flirtatious, you know, that's, that's just not a thing he should say and then still be able to get laid at the end. I'm sorry. It's just not um furthermore the movie is narrated um which is not of course inherently a bad thing um the woman who narrates it is this uh this actress named jamila jamil who um i've actually only recently become acquainted with because she's one of the main cast in the good place um no slight against her performance of it just this role is so unnecessary um the whole premise of the romance is that, you know, again, he's this he's this maths nerd and she's somebody who believes in fate. So he believes there's a certain probability that they would have met at this airport, blah, blah, blah. And she the narrator is just her job through the movie seems to just be to list numbers to say there are 100 and something something people on this flight, you know, three of them order the vegetarian option and just listing like trying to be quirky like that kind of and just kind of lean into the, the you're map. not you're not selling this movie well i gave it a two so <laughs> so i fucking hope i'm not selling it um if there's any reason to watch this movie it's that Haley lou richardson actually she's very cute and very uh and very flirtatious and uh there are moments there are moments of heat between her and ben hardy there are moments of heat between them but it's marred by the fact that the writing of his character is just so fucking bad. It's just, it's really bad. And uh, I don't want uh, the female lead who whose name is Hadley 
I don't want Hadley to fuck this guy. I, <laughs> I don't want her to. She can do so much better. Um, so yeah, I gave it a two. Unfortunately, if uh, if cheesy romances uh, in an airport sounds like your thing, uh, you know, takes place largely on a plane and then partially in London. There is actually, um, I'm not going to say exactly what happens because uh, that would be a spoiler, obviously. Um, but he's very coy about his reasoning for going to the UK when they're on the plane. She says she's going to go to her dad's wedding. Um, her dad is also uh, played by a guy. Na- he's played by a guy named, uh, I think, Rob Delaney is the yep. comedian's name. Yep. Um, who I actually do enjoy, uh, but unfortunately he's not good in the movie. Um, but he is very coy about his reasons for going back to London. Um, and I will say that the reveal of his reasoning for going back is actually is actually pretty good. Uh, when he shows up to the thing that he's going to um that's that's a really good scene okay and and a really good event so that and the female lead are are worth uh sitting through this maybe (laughs) uh but ultimately i would recommend uh just skipping it unfortunately yeah so it's a two out of five uh do you have it on letterbox there i do what's the letterbox rating there 3.1 yeah um emma emma gave it a three yeah, I, she like she had a reasonably good time. Honestly, my enjoyment of it was elevated by the fact that I was watching it with Emma. It was you know a couple couple good laughs, couple good scenes, but um, a, a mostly harmless way to spend an hour and a half. But it was just not not really it for me. Nope, not really it for me. Jordan gave it a three. Yeah, I could see Jordan giving this a three. Rachel gave it a two. Wow. Yeah, I uh, when I posted in the group chat, I think Rachel said something about uh, about having seen it. Yeah, this was never on my watch list. Yeah, honestly, I'm uh, I'm more inclined to watch kind of random cheesy stuff on Netflix if it's a 2023. This still probably wouldn't have been my number one pick, but the fact that it was a this year, I was like, okay, yeah, I can kind of add it to my list. Hell yeah, see, see what's going on. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's probably a million movies that you could watch this year before this one. Okay, not saying there's nothing to offer here, but uh, there's certainly better movies. So, uh, love at first sight is uh is a two with four with four people i know and respect uh watching the movie and getting a 2.5 between the four of you it's not really especially like honestly i if i if we were reviewing this movie for the podcast and you said would you recommend this movie to friends i may have specifically said maybe specifically jordan (laughs) (laughs) she might be the like she loves this like sappy stuff um, and the fact that she gave it a three does not bode well for it. Doesn't bode well. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, so from that All right. to a movie, I probably should have been predisposed to liking. Oh, okay. So this one I had not higher expectations for, but some expectations for. Last Night in Soho. Oh. The 2021 Edgar Wright feature. This is – I'm so excited. Uh, aspiring fashion designer Eloise is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s, where she encounters dazzling wannabe singer Sandy. But the glamour is not as it seems, and the dreams of the past crack and splinter into something darker. So, uh, second movie in a row that I was watching about London, <laughs> or that takes place predominantly in London. Um, Edgar Wright is a brilliant visual filmmaker. I, I love the visuals of his films. Um... He normally has a little bit more of a comedic bent. This is more in the uh, mystery, suspense, drama 
vein. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will add, this was my first watch. I didn't get around to this in 2021. Uh, I heard it kind of got lukewarm reviews, so I didn't really bother with it in spite of my respect for Edgar Wright. Yeah, I was I, shocked. I love Shaun of the Dead. I love Hot Fuzz. I love Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Um, the World's End, I also really like. Basically anything uh, I've seen from Edgar Wright, I've really enjoyed. This was kind of a letdown. Other than other than the obviously outstanding visual filmmaking of it all, the visual parallels being drawn between Anya Taylor-Joy's character and Thomas and McKenzie's character, both of whom give really good performances, actually, I think, um, especially Anya Taylor-Joy. Um, the, <laughs> the way that mirrors are played with in the movie is really fun. The way that neon lights are played with in the movie is really fun. There's lots of awesome visual stuff going on here. I unfortunately think that Edgar Wright got a little bit bogged down in the for lack of a better term, in the gimmick of it all. This is essentially two stories playing in parallel. And they save something for the end to tell you why there is connective tissue here. They they save something for the end to be like, aha, these two stories that you've seen have really been running alongside each other because of this. And I feel like, in retrospect, having seen the movie front to back now, that we could have used that revelation earlier. I'm not sure how you can really navigate the rewrite, but for a large portion of the runtime of this movie, I'm just thinking, okay, and we and Thomas and Mackenzie's character cares about Anya Taylor-Joy's character. Why? Other than the fact that, you know, she happens to be the one that she sees in her head, I felt like I needed something in the script to connect these two together. Otherwise, it's just, it's just, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, it's an anthology. Otherwise, it's just an anthology, which is okay. fine. Just, we're just telling two stories. But by the time that connection is revealed, I already don't care. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was a bit of a bummer for me. Um, I said in my Letterboxd review for this that I think the script is probably two or three revisions away from being, from being a decent movie. Um, that's not to say it's not a decent movie. I still had a, a really fun time with the visuals and with the acting of it all. Um, but I think, unfortunately, the connection between the Anya Taylor-Joy storyline and the Thomas McKenzie storyline just isn't quite there. And then the reveal of why they are connected is also a, li- a little bit of a letdown for me, personally. Some people may not feel that way, but I, I felt that it was a little bit of a letdown. Um so yeah, I gave it a 3 out of 5 because it's still obviously a very well-constructed movie, and I did have fun watching it. I just, when it comes to Edgar Wright, I really have come to expect more, and he didn't he didn't give me that. Um, so I now, I no longer regret not seeing this in theaters, other than for maybe the reason this, this is the type of movie I want to see in theaters, and I was disappointed to not go. Um, you know, a, a filmmaker I respect making a one-off original idea for a movie. This feels like the kind of thing I should be going to see. I gave myself a slap on the wrist for missing it when it came to town. Yep. Um, but based on the quality of the movie alone, I, I don't think I was missing much. I probably won't revisit this too too near in the future, unfortunately. Um, I felt like, I felt like there was something else good I was going to say about this movie. I've mostly just been shitting on it. Yeah. Um, I think it's because I think I think the reason and sorry to cut you off. Please. I think the reason is is I think Edward Wright. I, he's easily in your top ten favorite directors. Yep, possibly top five. I would say probably top five. Right, so so this is definitely like your least favorite film of his then. Yeah, far and away, and 
not again I, I will reiterate i don't think this is a bad movie yeah i think the script needed a couple more revisions before okay. before it came out it seems seemed a little rushed or something i'm not i'm not totally sure what what precisely happened but um i'm trying to pull up his filmography um i've seen Shaun of the dead hot fuzz scott pilgrim versus the world all three of those actually Shaun of the dead hot fuzz scott pilgrim versus the world and baby driver all four of those five stars okay all four of those five stars and then the world's end four stars so uh would you give last night three three give it a three all right, so it is your least favorite. It is my least favorite. Ouch. I, I hope the next one... That stings. Uh, I, I, I'm very sorry. Yeah, it does sting a little bit. It it doesn't feel good to go... Even though I kind of knew what I was getting into, I knew this got lukewarm reviews, so I was I was like, oh, if, it, if I don't like it, I don't like it. But even though it's only a three... Uh, oh, actually, I remember the extra thing I was going to say. Um, and it actually isn't a good thing. It's that there Uh-oh. is a... It's actually... There's a romantic... Uh, B plot in this movie that just doesn't work. The, oh no! The have you seen this? No, you haven't seen this. Yeah, there's no. a there's a a romance plot between Thomas and Mackenzie's character and uh, one of the guys in her class. She's a fashion student, and one of the guys in her class they sort of they hit it off, and there's no reason for them to be interested in each other. <laughs> it's not good. Ouch. <laughs> so yeah, I was I was uh, very disappointed, but uh, I still still love Edgar Wright. Still great. This was just, you know, a misstep, and hopefully, uh, hopefully he can get back on the next one. Okay. Can I can I offer you something that'll perhaps cheer you up? Sure. I wasn't sure if you're aware, but on Friday, December eighth, Hot Fuzz is playing downtown. <gasps> that is great. That's good news. There you go. <laughs> something else is happening on December eighth. I just can't put my finger on it. Nothing. Hmm. <laughs> Nothing. I can think of. 47, 48 different things. <laughs> Why uh, December 8th might be irrelevant. But <laughs> anyway. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that uh, one of your favorite directors put out not at least a passing grade movie. Like, yeah, it was, I, it was I had to give my second favorite director a one. Costner? Costner's not my second favorite director. Yeah, I know you just love Costner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I, and I know you gave him a one. So Spielberg. Yes. Was it Spielberg? Yes. Oh, shit. Yeah. What got a one? You know it. It's not the BFG. No. I haven't rewatched it. I haven't watched it since I started. Crystal Skull. Oh, yeah. It's a one, eh? Yeah. 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 I just cannot. It's horrible. It's a one. (laughs) And it was tough. Like, I was like, can I give this a two? And, like, being true to myself, can I give this a two? That movie makes you want to go hide in a refrigerator. (laughs) I'd be safe from everything, apparently. (laughs) All right, so that's a up and down. Yeah, week. it was a bit of a roller coaster. It was a bold decision, I know, to lead with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but that was the only one I had seen, so I thought I would have the least to say about it. That's but fair. Anyway, yeah, that's what I've been up to this week, Manny. Okay. Uh, you're up, Chief. All right. Hey, that's racist. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you're up, white leader. <laughs> you're up, yeah. Captain. Yeah. You're up, General. I mean, Chief can also be. <laughs> It can be a race neutral thing. It can, <laughs> unless you're talking to someone like me, that it can't be. <laughs> I don't see you like that, Manny. I see you as a human being. <laughs> I don't see your color. That's cool. Okay. Anyway. So uh, I came home the other day, and I wanted to put on something kind of light and breezy, and I was stupid. And I took a chance on a movie that I was pretty sure was going to be garbage, and let's make sure that I was right that movie is the 2023 
DC movie Blue Beetle. Oh, why? An alien scarab chooses Jaime Reyes to be its symbiotic host, bestowing the recent college graduate with a suit of armor that's capable of extraordinary powers, forever changing his destiny as he becomes the superhero known as Blue Beetle. So this was terrible, right? This is two out of five. Um, (laughs) This is DC's very blatant attempt to make a Marvel movie. This is a combination of Iron Man. Now, I'm not. I'm. I'm not saying that they created this character, Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle's been around for a while, and actually, this iteration of the Blue Beetle, I'm actually unfamiliar with. There was a Blue Beetle from a long time ago that they reference heavily in this movie, and you know what? Fuck it. I don't even care. Spoiler alert. They hinted his return at the end of this movie. Okay. That's the Blue Beetle I'm familiar with. The two people who are still watching DCEU movies on the regular are very excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so this uh, this version of the Blue Beetle I was unfamiliar with. This is a, like I said, it's a combination of Iron Man, and I'm not talking about like the powers, even though it is a basic suit of armor. Uh, just happens to be symbiotic with him, and it's by this alien technology, but it's a suit of armor that gives him powers. Um Black Panther and uh, Miss Marvel. Not Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel is the TV series. <sighs> they try to throw in a lot of humor. Not to the point where it's a comedy, but this was a direct attempt to make a Marvel movie. That light-handed, every once in a while quips, all this. Uh, this movie didn't work at all uh jaime reyes is not a protagonist that you aspire to be like because he has aspects of his character that you can definitely like he is very family orientated he loves his family like loves his family loves his sister loves his mom and dad and loves his nana that lives with him and it's really their scene and, and his and he's got a crazy uncle that is, I'll be honest, at times, very funny. There are moments in this movie where I laughed. Uh, and there are moments in this movie where I'm rolling my eyes, wondering, how the fuck did this get made again? <sighs> the um, There's just so much of the movie that didn't make sense. And this was a... a genuine waste of Susan Sarandon's skill. Yeah, Susan Sarandon's in this? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, I hope she got paid really well. Uh, and not to get political, but she's going to need it now because she, I guess, made some very anti-Semitic remarks about the <sighs> whole thing. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. So her, like, I guess it was so bad that her agency dumped her. That's not good. Yeah. So who knows if she'll get work or whatever. So hopefully she got a big fat paycheck. Anyways, uh, a waste of her talent. Now, uh, at the Rocky Horror Picture Show, you have to yell anti-Semite instead of slut. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, We'll stay stay away from political things here. The... the, um, How much do I want to shit on this movie? I'm going to shit on it. Uh, I'm going to spoil this movie. Um, okay, I'm gonna spoil this movie. Three, two, one, go fuck yourself for the Blue Beetle. 
uh, his father dies in this movie. Uh, his father has a heart condition, and during an attack on his home, uh, his father dies of a heart attack. Hmm. Nowhere in the film do they hint at any type of metaphysical relationship between these family members at all. Later in the film, after he has been captured by the bad Jaime Reyes has been captured by the bad guys, and they are torturing him slash gaining information from him, this uh, scarab has symbiotically attached itself to him and his spine. It cannot be removed. The villains are processing, downloading information from the scarab because it is it, it is not an alien. It is alien technology. That's It's basically a, a living weapon and has attached itself to Jaime. They are downloading information off of it to replicate it and to put it into their own uh, armor. In the midst of this torture, this downloading, which is causing him great discomfort, he somehow slips off into some metaphysical realm and finds his dad. Never explained at all. The scene reeks. Of the Black Panther scene. I was just, I was just gonna say. That's why I said they it's, saw Black Panther yes. before. Yep. It. I'm not. I'm not even. It, it is such a ripoff of that scene. It's. It's hard to watch. You're like, you've got to be kidding me. And what, what makes it even worse is the father, the act, who the actor who plays the father. I don't know who he is. He's really good, but not in like that almost touching cry way. But in a very like he is being genuine and authentic in this scene, and you're just like. Dude, you're, so, you're wasting your talent. I would love to spoil how the big fight at the end, the big fight at the end ends, but it's so infuriating, I don't want to talk about it. Hmm. It's a bad movie. In all honesty, it only got the two because there was, I and sadly I can't remember it, but there was a moment I genuinely like burst out laughing. Like a really great comedic moment. I touched on this earlier and I forgot to circle back to it. When I was talking about, well, Jaime Reyes isn't a protagonist you want to root for. That's right. The love for his family is very honorable and you and you enjoy that aspect of him because he doesn't have this contentious relationship with his family. He loves them and wants to. He went away to school to help better the life for his family. And that's awesome. But when he gets these powers, all he does is complain about them and constantly fight against them, even though he doesn't really have to do anything, just sit there for the ride because the, the symbiote fights for him. Oh, so, so Venom. So he has no agency as a character. He's Basically. forced. To, it's oh, you've never seen a clockwork orange. I was going to say it's a clockwork orange. He's forced to do good things. He's not. It's not that he's forced. Like he likes to do good things, but he doesn't want these powers. And. Uh, this the scarab is it's meant it, it's there to protect him at all costs at all costs it is willing to kill he is not so mm -hmm. he has to fight against the scarab's intention to kill uh, but later on when he fights with along with it as they kind of become one the he does everything he can to not kill, but the damage that he would do to those bodies, the way he does, like he like shoots them with like 
concussive rays. And they fly like 40 feet. 40 feet. I'm like, you would kill that person. Yeah. And like he throws them up in the air against the ceiling and against walls. I'm like, that that's could, murder. <laughs> that, that could kill them. Anyways, again, that's me nitpicking a movie I don't like, just finding more things for me to shit on. Let's let it go. It's not an enjoyable movie. In no way, shape, or form would I ever say even give this movie a chance. I was giving it a chance because I want something light and I didn't really have to pay attention to. I'm sad that I even wasted my time with this. $104 million budget. <sighs> Spend $100 million on this thing I uh, won't... Before, before marketing. Okay, hold on. Before you give me the final. Uh, I, I will say this, and this is so sad for me to say. For a $100 million film, this looks really good. Okay. It it like the special effects in this movie are done really well. I'm trying to, sorry, I had the box office pulled up a second ago. Um on Wikipedia, I assume this is the domestic listed here. Or sorry, the um the worldwide. Uh 129.3. That's definitely the worldwide. There's no way it made 100 million dollars in America. Yeah. 129 million dollars worldwide. So, um going by the 2 and a half x rule, it needed to make about twice as much as it did to see a profit. Yeah, not, not a good movie. The lowest grossing movie in the DCEU and uh, definitely a bomb. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> okay, next up. <clears throat> Things get a little better. A movie that I was looking forward to is it's from the filmmaker that did the movie I enjoyed, Shiva Baby. This movie is called Bottoms. Two unpopular queer high school students start a fight club to have sex before graduation. I didn't know the premise of the movie. I went in because I knew this was by the same director that did Shiva Baby and a movie that I fucking loved. I would say 10 minutes into this movie, I knew I was in bad shape. I did not like this brand of humor at all. It was too quirky for me. I felt the tone of the humor of this film is very similar to a William, a William, a Will Ferrell film. Hmm. Not for me. Now, the premise of the movie is uh, these high school students start a fight club to have sex before graduation. It is about these two uh, queer girls who start a fight club to try to sleep with a couple cheerleaders. <laughs> That's a good plot. It, it That's is. That's a good premise. It was. And so I was not having a good time. But when the fight club starts, I started laughing. That's good. Yeah. There are a few scenes in this movie that had, le had me legit laughing out loud. But there was a lot of this movie that didn't work for me. I had a real hard time I had a real hard time giving this movie a passing grade, but it squeaked it in. I did give it a three out of five because the moments that I enjoyed were done so well, I was willing to look past the parts that didn't work for me. I'm not going to spoil this movie at all, obviously, because you haven't seen it, and I think it's a movie that you probably would enjoy. It's on my radar for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's on Prime, so it's available now for— I think it's on my watch list already. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely worth checking out. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that would genuinely like this movie. I'm not one of them. But there was enough for me to like to give it that three. But it, it, 
squeaked in. But like I said, the parts I liked, I really liked, but there was a lot in here I didn't. Like the first, I'd say 15 minutes of the movie, I was just like, this was a mistake. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jordan loved this movie. Yeah, I think Emma liked this movie a lot. Yeah, too. Jordan gave it like a four and a half. Pull up Letterboxd real quick here. Cool. Uh, bottoms. Let's see. There's, there's just a lot of the performances are too over the top for me. But there is, like I said, the, the parts that work for me really work for me. Uh, yeah. My only friends that I have that watched this, um, Jordan gave it a four and a half. Emma gave it a four. Two of my friends from high school gave it a four each. Yeah. You look at you see what the letterbox rating is? It was yeah. four point when I when yeah. I watched it. Is that what's still sitting there? Four point Yeah. So I yeah. know I'm in the I know I'm in the minority. Yeah. So I, I, I encourage others to definitely check this out. Even even critics are liking this seventy four meta score. Yep. Yep. I am I am I am in the minority hmm. uh for this and I wish I could have liked this movie more, but I did not. Did yeah, that's not. that's surprising. Yeah, surprising to me. Yeah, it's a, it's it hurt me because Shiva Baby is so fucking good. So it doesn't mean uh, that Emma Seligman is off of my must watch list. She actually has another film where the premise has me looking forward to it. It's one she's already done, uh, and it's short. It's like eighty four minutes. So oh, yeah, uh, it's called Bachelorette. It's about a bachelorette party that I think kind of goes wrong. Nice. So I'm I'm in favor. So we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll give that one a watch. And uh, we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, this was, like I said, it squeaked in a three. Hmm. Squeaked in a three. At the buzzer. Yeah, right at the buzzer. The ending definitely helped. It's got mm -hmm. a very enjoyable ending. Yeah. But I'm, sa I'm sad to say I didn't like it more. Uh, uh, the, uh, oh. I'm noticing that the one of the main girls, I think, is uh, the one who's not from Shiva Baby is from uh, the bear. Oh, is it uh, – uh, uh, is there an Ayoi or something? Uh, yeah. What's, what's Ayo Edabiri? Yeah. Or Ayo? Ayo Edabiri? The one, woman who plays Josie? Do you want to know what's awesome? So as I was watching the movie, it, it slipped away from my attention. And so I checked Letterboxd. That's where I'm like, this is a 4.0. I'm like, holy fuck. I'm like, I'm definitely missing on something. So I quickly jumped on the reviews. Second review I read, I see it's like five stars. I'm like, okay, I got to read a five-star review. Second line in, second or third line in, says i'm sorry i might be a little biased but i am ao's ao is one of is my daughter and, I was like, <laughs> and so i checked the username and they have the same last name oh that's so funny and i was like <laughs> unbelievable that's great yeah that's really cute that made me laugh <laughs> uh so yeah so that's uh uh that's bottoms please I, I i would love for other people to check it out it's so highly rated and other people uh, in my world have really enjoyed it so Definitely, my opinion should be taken with a big grain of salt because I am definitely in the minority. Hmm. Uh, next up was a movie that was recommended to me. I uh, can't remember by who, but I def I checked it out, and I had a really great time. This movie is from 2015. It's called Sleeping with Other People. A good-natured womanizer and a serial cheater form a platonic relationship that helps reform them in ways while a mutual attraction sets in. This stars Jason Sudeikis and Alison Brie. The movie is exactly what it is. It is a romantic comedy. Uh, I'm not spoiling anything here, but these two meet first in college, and 
they lose their virginity to each other and never see each other again for 12 years. And they happen to bump into one another, and then they form a, a very completely platonic friendship. And they become really good friends, and they try to navigate through their other relationships together. I gave this a four out of five. I had a really great time. Now, watching Jason Sudeikis so shortly after watching Ted Lasso is a little weird. Yeah, he's probably playing a very different character. Very yeah. different character. Jason Sudeikis in this movie is a complete womanizer and kind of an asshole, but the asshole that you kind of want to be friends with. Mm-hmm. Not so much of an asshole that you're not rooting for him. What I like about this movie is they don't pull any punches and the characters for the most part most part most part speak like you do with your friends they are very open and honest about their sex lives which a lot of people are in the safety of their friendship circle and i really enjoyed that aspect of the film the t- Allison Brie and Jason Sudeikis have a really great chemistry and make it believable and what i love about this movie is it's never they really stress and really really showcase that they do have a really great platonic friendship and obviously this is a a rom-com and so spoiler alert they might get together at the end but the way that they work through everything that happens is believable to a point but I still bought in I had This movie just made me feel really good, and it was a lot of fun. It was exactly what I was looking for at that time. I – oh, now I know what made me watch this. The uh, writer-director, Leslie Headland, uh, was a guest on a podcast I listened to. Oh, nice. That's – I was like, like, why would you – I'm like – because after I wrote – after I posted that I watched this, um, Charles wrote me. And told me he's he's like I he's like he's watched this movie like fifteen times. Oh, cool, fifteen, five, ten. Absolutely loves it. I uh, I can't remember why I've seen part of this. I think okay. I have a vague memory of I've definitely seen parts of this. Okay. Um, I don't think I've seen it top to bottom, but uh, yeah, it, it intrigues me. I really like both of these actors. I think Jason Sudeikis is a supremely funny comedic actor. I like him in just about everything he's in. Same actually. Um, and Alison Brie is in not one, but two of my favorite TV shows of all time. Fleabag? Uh, nope. Oh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Nope. Okay. Then, uh, BoJack Horseman? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so she's... A recurring role? Yeah, she's one of the one of the primary cast. There's about oh. five main cast members on BoJack, and she's one of them. Okay, what's the other one then? Uh, so she plays Diane on that, and then she plays Annie in Community. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is a supremely funny show. Okay. So yeah, I have, I have a ton of respect for both of these people, and, uh... The fact that they're in a in a movie like this together definitely intrigues me. It's on what? Amazon? Yeah, I feel like I should throw this on the list. I feel like I feel like I would enjoy this. I can tell you right now, I'm going to be rewatching this movie on a regular basis. Cool. It is the kind of movie that I could put on and just relax and enjoy. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. The most recent outing from Alison Brie uh, that I watched, I didn't enjoy. I honestly can't remember what it was even called. It oh. was uh it was some rom-com where she goes back to her hometown and she uh it was whatever it was a 2023 i'm pretty sure oh there's freelance no somebody i used to know no and then that's it somebody i used to know might be it that's the thing i can't even remember the fucking title of it 
Um, Somebody I used to know. On a trip to her hometown. Yeah, there it is. Workaholic Allie reminisces with her ex, Sean, and starts to question everything about the person she's become. That's it. I Things re- only get more confusing when she meets Cassidy, who reminds her of the person she used to be. Yeah, that's a weird one. I gave that a three, which seems... You know who directed that movie? High. Uh, Dave Franco. Yeah. yeah who? Uh, that's that's Alison Brie's husband. Oh shit. Yeah, they're married. God damn. Yeah. Good on ya. Okay. Uh, so. yeah. Great. Uh, uh, it's a four out of five. Cool. Next up is a movie that was recommended to me by Jordan, and I've been waiting to kind of watch it. Uh, it's only it's only a buck twenty. It's an hour and twenty minutes. The movie is called Blue Jay. Meeting by chance when they return to their tiny California hometown, two former high school sweethearts reflect on their shared past. Yeah, go Blue Jays. Yeah. By the way, that's exactly the plot to somebody I used to know, that Alison Brie movie. So <laughs> So this is in black and white. It is a really great film. It kind of got me in the feels a little bit as it's all about remembering your past and the good things that happened. And the movie starts off that way as these two former high school sweethearts just happen to bump into one another. And they start to reflect on the times that they shared. And then they start to kind of dive deeper into the lives that they have now and the lives that they've led since the two of them parted away shortly after during high school. I had a really great time with this. There are some legit, really funny moments and some really touching moments. This movie made me really think about my past and really made me think about my high school sweetheart, which coincidentally I actually had, like, I hung out with recently. Oh, Yeah, she just happened to be in town. She sent me a message, and we hung out for like an hour and a half. And it was so awesome to catch up with her. Uh, her and I are still friends. So we're going, uh, holy shit, 24 years? The breakup uh, has proven to be amicable then, I take it. The, the breakup was not. No. no, 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 no. Her and I have a, a soap opera history nice. between the it's two of us. Yes, which is, in all honesty, shocking that her and I are still friends. And full disclosure, it's shocking she's still friends with me. Let's be honest, I would say a good 80% uh, of the fault of why her and I did not stay together is on my on my end. Because I was a young fucking teenage boy. I was yeah. a fucking dick. Young men are really smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And really know how to handle our feelings yep. at that age. We're yeah. so good. Yeah. So anyways, so shout out to you, Shyla. I know you're not listening. But uh, I had a really good time with Blue Jay. It is a really sweet adorable film it gets into some pretty deep emotions towards the end of the film and they handle it really well uh it's a movie i definitely would recommend for a lot of people um as long as you're ready to maybe wrestle with some stuff in your past so just be aware of that uh it's uh yeah it's only an hour 20 and i had a really good time with it uh blue jay four out of five for me a whopping twenty-one thousand dollars at the box office yeah (laughs) not a lot of people saw it i wonder how jordan even heard of this yeah i have no idea how she did i remember her telling me about it when she was on 
on the podcast. So. Hmm, weird. Uh, and lastly, it is the mov- a movie that I was anxiously awaiting to see from this year, and it was uh, on sale for rent on iTunes for 99 cents. But then I also remembered I have a free rental for Cineplex I need to use, so quickly scuttled over there, used my free rental, and watched it this week. Uh, it is the 2023 film Past Lives. Nora and Sung, two deeply connected childhood friends, are wrested apart after Nora's family emigrates from South Korea. 20 years later, they are reunited for one fateful week as they confront notions of love and destiny. This movie's fucking spectacular. Absolutely fucking spectacular. This is the, these are the kind of movies that you just are so happy to have watched because you can't stop thinking about them. You can't stop wondering, what would I do in their, in their place? Oh my God, why did they make this choice? Would I have made the same choice? I'm calling it right now. If Greta Lee doesn't get a Best Actress nomination, it is a fucking travesty. I would love to see. Uh, I'm gonna probably mispronounce his name, but I'm gonna go T O U, or Tae Yu, maybe perhaps. I don't know how to say his name in Korean. Uh, I would love to see him get a Best Actor nomination. The problem is, it's a very Tom Wilkinson performance. Mm-hmm. It's very subdued. He doesn't have like those Oscar moments, but it's a performance without somebody of this quality in this film doing this work. It just wouldn't live up. It is a just hauntingly beautiful film about love, destiny, choices. Like, are you happy with the life that you live now? The movie, as it was going along, I was enjoying it. And then I would say the last half an hour, raise it to another level, similar to the movie Old Boy. Old Boy was absolutely spectacular and then the last half an hour of old boy take it to another level that's what this movie is this movie is absolutely fucking incredible it's the kind of movie it's the kind of movie that when and hopefully i'm gonna say when because i'm i'm gonna feel confident this year when this movie gets several nominations at, at the academy awards it's the kind of movie that an average film goer will watch and go, I don't understand why this movie's considered so great. It's one of those kind of films. It's just so incredibly well made, but there's nothing spectacular about it. It's just the acting is incredible. The screenplay is incredible. The camera moves so softly. And the end shot of the movie is almost, it's almost like, a six-minute unbroken shot, but there's one scene where they need to do coverage where you get one person's kind of a view of one person from a different angle. I love this movie. It's sitting at a four. It's easily going to go to a five when I watch it again. Mm-hmm. This movie just, it got me in the feels, and it was just the kind of movie I needed to watch at that time. I was so happy to finally get to watch this. All the hype. This lives up to the hype for me. This, I don't see how this doesn't make my top 10 of the year. Past Lives, highly recommend it. Watch it when you can. And then please come talk to me so we can discuss even more things that I can't discuss because I'm not going to spoil a fucking thing in this movie. I have simultaneously heard so much and so little 
about this movie. Everybody I've heard mention this film has, speaks about it in reverence. Yeah. Everybody really likes this movie. And I know nothing about it. That's a great combo. It That's is. a great combo for That's me to a... go in and watch this thing. I know. So. I know. Uh, another, uh, seems like another uh, home run from A24. Yes. So <laughs> they just really can't miss. Do you know what I, I, uh, I was listening to a podcast and uh, it was, la- did you know that last year A24 got uh, a win in all four na- acting categories? Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. All four acting. Good for them. Yep. They're, they're killing it. And this is, this is another one. That that studio is fucking brilliant. They're championing, 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 yep. championing really great filmmakers to make really great movies. Yeah, and it's just so heartwarming to see movies like this getting made outside of the sad drivel that we're really getting nowadays. Yep, this will this will be watched uh, hopefully by the end of the calendar year, but certainly by the time the Oscars roll around. Yeah. 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 Interesting. All right. So that's everything that we've been watching. And this is where we're going to part ways. That's right. That's right. Uh, next episode will be on Boogie Nights, which will be released in a few days' time. We would really love to hear what you guys think of us splitting up uh, the – first section of our podcast into this i don't know cinematic chit chat and and into the main review um please remember to rate review and subscribe to us on itunes if you give us a five-star rating and a positive review it does increase the profile of our podcast allows more people to find us you can also give us a rating on spotify where you can also answer our weekly question which i will read on air every week if you answer it which i would love i've actually also started adding polls into the things as well. Uh, you can email us at sammanymoviepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, Francis, for the uh, for the email this week. Shout uh, out to all the power lifters out there. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> so true. Uh, you can follow us on Letterboxd at Manny42 and Sam Reimer, respectively. And we, oh, you can follow us on Instagram and threads at Sam underscore Manny underscore movie. For the Samuel Emanuel Movie Podcast, I'm Manny Manuel. We'll see you on the next one. I'm Sam Reimer. Adios.